ladies and gentlemen, and all of us who are neither and or both, welcome to Trans Louisiana, the podcast of the Louisiana Trans Oral History Project. This podcast features selections from the oral histories gathered by the Louisiana Trans Oral History Project, which aims to share and preserve the voices of Louisiana's trans and gender nonconforming communities. You can learn more about us at louisianatransoralhistory.org and by finding us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This podcast also aims to lift up members of our communities in other ways, including our Song of the Month selection, in which we feature trans musicians from around the state. So be sure to stick around to the end of the show to hear today's Song of the Month. My name is Sophia Ziegler, and I'm so happy to be here today with you, and I'm particularly happy to say that this time I am not here alone. I am joined by my friend and oral history hero, Natalie Nia Folk. Hello, Nia. Thank you for being here today. Hey, Sophie. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, y'all. My name is Natalie Nia Falk. I use they, them, and she, her pronouns, and I am the co-director of The Last Call Oral History Project a huge partner of Latoff, which has a mission of collecting and creatively interpreting oral histories of black and brown, trans, and gender non-conforming folks. We're based in New Orleans and do oral histories across the South. And we're so happy to be partnering Latoff for this series because as we know, when you collaborate, you expand your capacity, you build power, and you increase the mixture of magic that we can do things in. So y'all, this episode particularly features sections from our interview with Elliot Wade. Showing you some love, Elliot. Elliot is a black binary trans mass person and uses he and him pronouns. And this interview is part of a special series devoted to documenting the struggle against a wave of anti-trans bills in the 2021 legislative season. In Louisiana and about 20 other states across the country, we saw multiple anti-trans bills introduced to the state Senate in-house. Unlike many other states, however, we saw a strong and coordinated resistance to these bills. Because of this resistance, every single bill failed. And there are, of course, many reasons why we were successful here in Louisiana when so many of our neighboring states were not. But the reason we focus on for this series is the activism of our trans and gender nonconforming communities within the state. And we also know that this is the reason most likely to be ignored by other political analysts and eventually forgotten by the dominant narratives. And so we're here to gather the stories of these activists and ensure this part is not forgotten. You'll hear reference during the segment to the LTA, which is the Louisiana Trans Advocates, a statewide collection of wonderful trans people and gender nonconforming folks who have been central to many of the great things happening here. Yeah, it's truly, truly special. I think some of the things I just wanted to uplift is that Elliot is an organizer who lives outside of New Orleans in Baton Rouge. And so they live in the like Lafayette Parish area. And so it's really important as you're listening to this to be reminded that there is power all across the region from like Cajun country to North Louisiana. Um, Elliot truly is one of those people who mixes joy and severity, which is something that is important for folks navigating multiple oppressions. And you see it very often in our community and it's very brilliantly and funnily done. Um, and the other things I just wanted to lift up is that it's uh, when they speak about the importance of the work that's happened 10 years before them, um, it feels really important. And it reminds me why this type of podcast is important, because there is so much history that we don't even get to see or hear about. But it's important for it to be noted because it got us to where we are and we're able to defeat these bills. And I think the last two things I'll say is that Elliot also reminds us 
that it's okay to divest, that we're doing this legislative work, but that there is so much other work happening around community organizing, healing and wellness work happening, um, creating new systems that is important. And yeah, I think I just want to lift up how awesome Elliot is and that they're doing amazing work around name changes and on the, as the board member of Louisiana Trans Advocates. I know that was a mouthful, but I think listening to them really, <laughs> it brought up a lot for me. There are so many great things about this interview. We begin here with Elliot answering a question about how he got into activism. Let's see, I started getting involved in activism and organization, apparently like kind of young. Um, I didn't figure that out until I started to get into the into this work, but I was 17. Um, I finally had came out after, you know, a few years of figuring out like, Am I trans? Am I, you know, am I like non-binary? Am I genderqueer? And I, I, I felt most at home with the identity of um, a trans mask, binary man. Um, and I kind of had a year of trying to figure out like, one, how do I like change my name at that point, right? Like I was coming to my political consciousness and um, really started to see the cracks in the American imperialist system. And I just, I was getting more disappointed by the day. So I, of course, I had to self-advocate and it was more well-received than I thought it was, at least to my face. I'm interested in like, we, so there's been this historic legislation where all across the South, right, we're seeing this anti-trans legislation and you being on the board of LTA um, are very instrumental and a lot of the things that can potentially happen across the South in terms of, or particularly in Louisiana, in terms of resistance. I'm wondering what was it like behind the scenes in, in the LTA organizing meetings, whenever y'all first found out about this, like how did y'all know we have to pull a coalition together? What was y'all's initial reaction and response to all the, the announcement of these anti-trans bills? I think we kind of, we saw it coming from a mile away. Like, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, so we, we kept seeing a lot of this pop up across um, across the country. And also, I think we were kind of gearing up for this for some time, uh, especially post like the bathroom bills in North Carolina, like we knew it's a matter of time. And at this point, I mean, at, at least from my perspective in pulling together a coalition, it's been like years in the making. Like there's been a, a, a decade of work that I'm not, you know, I haven't been here for that entire time, but We've been slowly making these connections and putting feelers out for these folks. And it really was just, um, it, it just, it, I felt like it was the perfect storm, right? Like everyone was in a place where they could handle doing that heavy lift. But if I was still in school or if I was taking like a summer class or anything like that, or if I was, if I had to work the jobs that I was working before, I'm, I'm now in a position where I work part-time, but I can work from home. I would not have been nearly as involved, right? And of course, that that's part of it, right? That's that's part of the huh, the power and the manipulation that they have in these sessions. Um, I would love to see how these sessions would go if they started after 5 p.m., if they did them on weekends, if people could tune in, if people could sit in. We would have a very different outcome in these sessions, I think. If I, I've learned a lot. I'll, I'll start with that. There's a lot that I've learned throughout this session. And I've gone and I've been in different sessions before. My experience there was just kind of sitting back and watching and 
supporting, you know, a soft clap. It, this was a lot more active. This was a lot more involved. Um, and it was daunting until I started to listen to some of these people talk. And I, it, this has changed me in the sense that I am not nearly as intimidated by the legislative session or these representatives or these senators. These are some of the most asinine, quite frankly, idiotic people I've had the displeasure of being in the same room with. So, yeah, that changed me. That that changed me. Um, because I'm like, if these people can be elected, then hell, I need to go get me a seat. I need to go find a way to get myself in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should never, ever, ever be afraid of saying my piece. Because they say their piece all the time. And it's nothing of nothing. I wonder, Elliot, speaking of speaking your piece and getting a piece of that power, the power pie, <laughs> um, it was the this coalition and this resistance seemed really um, centered around like young folks. And there's also a lot of presence of black trans folks there. Um, and I'm wondering, can you talk a little bit about that? And can you tell us why it's important to have black trans folks at the center of these movements for trans liberation? In your opinion. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, we started the shit. So we can start right there. Um, People forget all the time that Pride was a riot started by Black trans women. Like, we can start right there. Um, I feel like, first of all, we know that Black trans women are, are trans women of color, trans people, Black trans people, the most marginalized people uh, in the U.S. Well, you know, not to say that we're playing oppression Olympics, but um, we have those intersections of identities that are disrespected, that are uh, victims of violence, um, that are cannon fodder for white supremacists and their, you know, and the fear mongering that they like to do. So, yeah, I, I do think it's important to have these people at the forefront of the movement because these are the people most impacted by the movement. I... I think that the fight isn't over yet. I think that we'll be seeing more of these people. Um, I think we have to stay on guard, but also I I am okay with divesting from, you know, putting a lot of energy into the legislative session. I mean, it was necessary right now, right? Uh, and we really have just been on, on the, um, you know, on defense mm-hmm. in that sense, but I want to invest in community. I, I I want to invest in mutual aid. The legislative session is, is great, and um, we got a big win. Like, Arkansas was not as lucky, right? Uh, many other states were not as lucky. They, I feel like we had a, a little bit more time. I don't know. It, it's a small world in Louisiana, um, activism and organizing. So we've all gotten to know each other quite well. <laughs> so I, I'll say in, in that regard, like, we we did something special here, and that was really investing in community and leaning on community and being, you know, genuine in creating those relationships. And that's all we have for today. I think this is a great place to end it. Let me just thank Elliot again for being part of our project. Let me thank you, Nia, for being here with us today. It's always such a joy. I'm really thankful for this, Sophie, and I'm thankful to be doing it with you. And now, everybody, I'm so happy to say that it is time for the song of the month. 
Please enjoy with us Kai Slaughter's song, Land Loss.
And that's all we have for today. I think this is a great place to end it. Let me just thank Elliot again for being part of our project. Let me thank you, Nia, for being here with us today. It's always such a joy 